Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Saturday, October 28th, and today we are breaking down the Week 8 DFS board. It is our only DFS show of the week, so we are going to be here for about 45 minutes going over some high-priced options, some mid-tier spends, and some values at the bottom of the board at each position. I am joined by my weekly Saturday guest, Mike LaFemina, back in the building. We took a week <laughs> off last week because I was at my brother's wedding. To be honest, spent a lot of time with a lot of people on Saturday, but I still miss the man across the screen from me. <laughs> Mike, how you doing? How was your week off? How'd you do last week? And how excited are you for the week eight board ahead? Doing good. Doing good. It felt weird last Saturday not doing this. So glad to be back in the saddle. Uh, had a positive week last week was able to rebound in the head-to-head streets after a pretty disappointing week six so looking forward to this week as well i'm glad you didn't ask how mine went because i was (laughs) zero and five in bets and i played no dfs so thank you for not rubbing it in but fuck me all right let's get into let's get into the board but before i get started on that let me remind everybody to follow me on twitter at Fiddles picks to follow Mike on Twitter at mlafem10. I will make sure he is tagged in everything. You can watch this video on the Fiddle Pigs YouTube channel. You could rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. The Advantage Sports Betting Podcast, and of course, I need to plug the Substack FiddlePicks.substack.com is my free gambling newsletter. We have NBA content starting. So I've actually been dominating. I'm up almost seven units in my first few days betting the NBA. I've been sending out a bunch of NBA best bets and write-ups. So the fun doesn't stop. It actually is only getting bigger and brighter at the Substack. So make sure you are a part of that because there's a lot of value coming your way in a free newsletter. Okay. Now we go over to the board. First place we look is the quarterback always for me. And I'm I'm generally one. I know we kind of differ on this historically, Mike. That's why mm-hmm. we're good show partners. I'm generally someone who likes to target high-priced value option, uh, high-priced quarterbacks because I think they are in cash games people who can exceed expectation and value. I like to play into the chalk. I like to say, okay, if this guy's just going to have a massive day, I just want to finish top fifty percent. I just want the main quarterback on the slate. Um, for me, it generally means having knick-knack paddywhack, give me Patrick Mahomes. But I'm seeing, and I just got sent forecasts for Sunday's Chiefs-Broncos game in Denver, calls for a high of 29 degrees, a low of 13, 6 to 14 inches of snow, and the National <laughs> Weather Services are on alert for Denver. So there is uh, no chance in hell I'm playing into Patrick. Jalen Hurts is dealing with a dinged-up knee. We'll see if he's wearing a knee brace again and if he seems to be completely active. Lamar Jackson is like, is this the week where I finally dabble in the Lamar, the breakout year that he's having? I mean, I know he was a former MVP, but it seems that he's (laughs) re-reached that status again. Um, And he's 8,100 playing in Arizona where we shouldn't have any weather impacting that game. So it's like, do you finally pay up for Lamar in what should be a good matchup there? Or do we then go hunting for some value options at quarterback? So between the top three that we have on the board, Mahomes, Hurts, Jackson, do you agree we cannot play Mahomes with the weather? How do you feel about Hurts' banged up knee? And what do you think of Lamar's price tag? 
I'm okay with Hertz's knee. I have no reason to believe that he's not going to be himself. If there was any indication that he wasn't going to be, I think they'd be pretty conservative with him given the matchup and their season long aspirations rather than this, just this week. Uh, Hertz is my number one of the three. We'll, we'll get in that a little later. Lamar, I'm perfectly fine with. Uh, I'm even okay with Mahomes if you want to do it in like a tournament, but a cash game uh, pass for me. Um, just That'll be one to check. Like, when does that game yeah. tip off? Like, that's one to check pregame. I'm gonna. It's a. It's actually a 4:25 start. So, mm-hmm. if you are going to be playing into the Mahomes angle, it's got to be a tournament where it's like lower owned, and then a potential pivot option into a Lamar for $300 less at the last minute if it's like a complete mm-hmm. monsoon. Yep. Yeah, and we've seen offenses actually do pretty well if it is just snow. Because mm-hmm. they have the advantage, they know where they're going, um, but it's a little risky. So Hertz is my guy. I think he's still got the safest floor. I mean, they're all great plays, right? Um, but if we're picking nits here, I think his rushing upside is a little more consistent than Lamar's. He gets a like if it's a goal to go situation, we know what the Eagles are going to do, and. There's not anything that the commanders are going to be able to do to stop it. It's going to be the tush push and it's going to be six points. It's <laughs> I saw um, that they have like a 93% success rate insane. on that play. It's like they convert first downs more than Steph Curry makes free throws. Yeah, it's insane. It's totally yeah, insane. It's so <laughs> insane. It's literally the definition of a free throw at that point. If you have the right. best NBA shooter and you have a higher success rate, it's pretty much just a free play. You heard, uh, the coach say we just have nine yards to go in three downs. We just we're always playing first and nine because we know if we get there, we got yeah. ourselves that first down on the touch push. Let's go into the like mid tier and then value options. There's not really much of a mid tier at the quarterback position, and generally that's the the dead zone of the DFS board. It's just playing into some random mid tier quarterbacks. Is there anyone mm-hmm. you like there? Is there anyone that you think is value hunting? Uh, I mean, do we know who's going to play in San Francisco? Is that impacting how you feel about the slate? Talk to me about the lower options in QB. Yeah. If if we get the news that Purdy is out, which I was expecting all week, especially after the Schefter tweet, what was it, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, when we found out Purdy was in concussion protocol, Darnold at $4,300 is like an automatic cash game for 4, me. 4,300. It's that low. I <laughs> yeah. didn't even scroll that far. <laughs> it's insane. So the amount that he opens up your lineup, you can do whatever you want from that point. And look, obviously Darnold isn't what he was supposed to be coming into the league, being the number three pick back in 2018. But even as recent as last year in his last six games with Carolina, he wasn't terrible. He had seven touchdowns, uh, ran in a couple. I think he was averaging close to 20 yards rushing per game. And obviously the weapons are much upgraded in San Francisco compared to what he had on Carolina last year, a better offensive line. So look, we've played some dirt at cash at quarterback this season between Aiden O'Connell and some people went DTR that one week. So 
I mean, Darnold's Darnold's better than those guys um, for as failed of expectations that he has been. And it's not like the Bengals are like the scariest matchup in the world. It's not, you know, a cakewalk by any means, but I would feel comfortable going Darnold. um, If he, if he's Purdy's ruled in that low, like 6k range has a couple names that is potentially interesting. I think Dak, you could make a case for uh, CJ Stroud going against Carolina playing the um, you shouldn't have picked him over me narrative Um, (laughs) and then (laughs) or Trevor Lawrence. If you know, this Jacksonville offense continues to ball out like they have been the last few weeks, Uh, Pittsburgh secondary is, is pretty weak. That's, you know, if the Jacksonville O-line can help, I think, Christian Kirk and dare I say Calvin Ridley, I'm done touting him, but if, uh, if, you know, they, they have the weapons to take advantage of Pittsburgh for sure. Any indication, which quarterback Bronny's making a nice debut appearance, barking on the patio, uh, any (laughs) idea, which quarterback in Tennessee between Malik Willis and Will Levis is actually going to start. And then would you want the guy who's going to potentially be the first option at, in like a tournament? Do are you at all intrigued by the Tyrod Taylor? I keep going back to Desmond Ritter in a tournament again, this week, Tennessee traded their safety. Uh, Falcons taking huge amounts of sharp steam in that in that spot. Arthur Smith revenge game. I kind of like Desmond Ritter at a low value too. I'm avoiding the Brown situation. I'm avoiding mm-hmm. the Giants quarterback situation. I'm avoiding the Tennessee quarterback situation. But I was like, it's kind of there's there's got to be kind of some value. I mean, it's crazy that Darnold even is less than Will Levis. Mm-hmm. It, if they're each starting, it's clear you have to go Darnold. But like. If Purdy ends up starting and then we get news that it's Will Levis, would you even go that low? No, I'm out. I want nothing yeah, to do with it. it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Fuck it. Let's not even dwell on it. Let's go over nope. to the running back position. Did Christian McCaffrey play every single snap last week after coming off an yeah. oblique injury? Questionable. Get your handcuffs ready. It's a Monday night game. I'm not sure if you want to start him and play. And then he comes out and plays every single snap like that's actually crazy so i would say right back to the well with a cmc play then you get saquon going against a really tough jets d that hasn't been that great against the running back Mostert banged up derrick henry on the trade block tony pollard becomes another name that i find very interesting kamara's been Mm -hmm. getting a ton of work etn might be the best call i've had all season i was all over that earlier this year but i don't think i'm playing into it against this TJ Watt Pittsburgh defense in terrible towel town in 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 the Steeler world. Um, who are you looking at for spend up running backs on the board? So obviously McCaffrey's interesting. I probably won't get there in a cash game scenario, but he's a, I think he's an excellent tournament play. That dude is a machine. He's just I mean, what is what else is there to say about um is it 16 straight point. games with a touchdown? Something like 16, 17, something in that range. It's insane. A full fucking season of straight <laughs> games with a touchdown. And on two different teams with that, for that matter. With so Arnold on both of them, potentially. So yeah. you get that sympathico <laughs> relationship. Do you play into or away from McCaffrey if you are playing Darnold? Uh, I doesn't matter to me. Like, 
Yeah, me he neither. gets enough receiving work, and Agreed. they both can get there. Like you're not looking for all that much at a Darnold. It's not like you need 300 yards and three touchdowns if you're starting Darnold. You're looking for 15 to 16 DraftKings points at most from him. So, um, yeah, I have no issues going there. The three, I have three running backs that I'm really locked into this week. You touched on Pollard. You know, the the game is coming for Pollard. I don't, the Cowboys have been in a lot of weird games this year so far. Um, You know, they're either blowing someone out. They got blown out. You know, last week was, or two weeks ago against the Chargers was like their first normal game in maybe of the season, you could argue. Um, And he's still getting a ton of volume. He's getting uh, 20 touches, I think, in over half the games so far this year. Rams defense isn't a cakewalk, but it's not elite. It's not something that I'm particularly scared of. And then Kamara, you touched on a little bit there. He has had 39 targets since returning in week four. Insane. He's converted that to 35 receptions. Derek Carr refuses to throw the ball down the field, much to the chagrin of Chris Olave owners everywhere. (laughs) Um, and I I don't see why that's going to change this week. Um, he's also averaging 19 carries per game since his return, or over the past three weeks anyway. Um, he's uh, so it he's averaging 27 total opportunities since he's returned. That's yeah, that's insane. a wild amount of volume share. He's also playing against the Colts, who have the 27th ranked defense, so it's a plus matchup yep. for a running back. And then you add in that the. The Saints are the sharp side. They open the week plus 1.5. They're at minus 1 or minus 1.5 now. The game is being sharp towards the over. My dumbass is on the under 42.5. That line's <laughs> at 43.5 now. So yeah. that game looks like there's going to be scoring ball movement. I Actually, the way that I'm reading the tea leaves on that game is I think that both run defenses are pretty damn good. So I think both teams are going to be forced to throw the ball a lot, which is going to mean mm-hmm. Kamara is going to feast with this pass game work that he's been getting from Derek Carr. I mean, the 39 targets through four games is like elite wide receiver level. And then yeah. you add in the rushing game work, which is elite rushing wor- workload. And then it's like combine the two. He's kind of two players in one position and he's costing over 7,300. So he's an absolute lock for me. You said Pollard. You said Kamara. You said you had three running backs that you were very interested. Is the last one Brees Hall because the price tag makes no sense? Exactly. Even it like it's a great matchup for one, but I don't understand why he's less than five thousand nine hundred. When I was looking Jonathan through the board Taylor. before we start, it was like, <laughs> what in the world is going on? Brees is again looking fully healthy and then re-emerging in his breakout territory back-to-back weeks with over 20 fantasy points since Salah said you got the keys and running for it Dalvin Cook's asking out of the fucking Jets facility already Mm -hmm. uh Brees is like a no-brainer 5,900 there's no way you can't play this right tournaments cash doesn't matter all of it good it's good chalk you know I know some people He's going to probably be the highest owned running back on the board, right? Yep. So, so in past iterations of my DFS play, I would have said, oh, can't play him in tournaments and moved on. And that's a mistake. That's you got to evolve over time. Sometimes you eat the good chalk and then you just get different elsewhere. Um, and that's what you got. Like, 
just plug in Brees Hall and move on with your day. It's carry on. Are there any other running backs at their respective price tags that stand out to you specifically? I know we're talking about playing Darnold, so that's going to open up money for us elsewhere. Playing a lower Mm -hmm. quarterback. We'll probably get into the wide receivers. You're only playing two running backs this week, and there's some great, great options at the top. But, like, if Bijan's going to finally get some workload and he's going to start playing again, he's only 6,000. So that one is yeah. like, holy shit, I need to be intrigued by that, that as well. And then, like, every week we still have some guys who are appearing lower on the board that might get, like, significant workload, whether that's uh, Daryl Henderson or DeMarcado or – I don't even I don't even know who's the the injured running back this week that we need to target and pick off. But there's always some value to be hunted at the bottom of the board. Mm-hmm. Are you structuring your team with I'm going to play Jeff Wilson if Moster is hurt, or are you just going for two higher spend running backs? Yeah, I'm spending up. Um, Me too. I, I I could be talked into Kareem Hunt at 5200. I don't think Ford's going to be a go this week. Pierre Strong doesn't really do it for me as a backup. Uh, he's been with the organization for years now. They trust him. They know what he can do. He's got his legs behind him, I think. It's been a couple of weeks of game action for him now. Seattle's run D is, it's okay, but it's not anything that should put the clamps on him. Um, and they may lean into the running game more with um, PJ Walker if he gets the nod, even if it doesn't matter right who who the quarterback's gonna be um i think kareem hunt at 5200 is pretty strong play and kind of underpriced yeah i I think he's gonna get a lot more work than pierre strong especially and this is like a this is a big game for the browns because even though the browns have been really good this season their entire division is 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 off to a great start right every i think every other team has a winning or 500 record um and then you know the Bengals are playing against uh Potentially Sam Darnold on (laughs) plus eight days rest advantage. The Bengals are playing against the Arizona Cardinals. The uh, Steelers are playing home where they're the best home underdogs in the NFL against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So it's like they all have another chance to secure another dub. Cleveland in Seattle against the 12th man, they're going to have to lean on their veterans. So I like the idea of playing into a Kareem Hunt. Probably the lowest I would go. There we go over to wide receiver next, Mike. Tyreek Hill is the spend up. He was injured earlier this week, and then now saying that he was only injured because his mom wouldn't talk to him and he needed some attention. Uh, he's I don't really know. Dude. He's he's crazy. <laughs> I don't really know what that's all about. Uh, Cooper Cup, ever since he's been back, has just been my go-to. Plug him in. He's a monster. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's uh. Obviously, it did me dirty if I did into it last week. Thankfully, I did not play DFS last yeah. week, so I, I got I got away with it. Now I'm like, okay, back to 9,000. I could probably play him again, but the matchup against Dallas is a little tough, so I'm thinking maybe that's a tournament-style play. Going back to the A.J. Brown well, he's been so fucking good. If you're playing into the Hurts, A.J. Brown, that's a clear stack. The, the Washington-Philly mm-hmm. games have been shootouts and played close. Every time these teams have played together, Puka Nakua, the most fun name ever to say, Puki Nakui, is $7,900. He is top, what is it, one, two, three, four, top five in the payments. That's just absolutely crazy. Worth mm-hmm. pointing out. CD Lamb, nah, in this spot. Uh, Waddle, 
coming off a hurt back. Ayuk, you're paying up for it, but Debo's out. We're looking at receivers priced over 7000 For me, it's Cooper Cup or A.J. Brown. How do you feel? It's A.J. Brown for me. Uh, it, it took me a little while to adjust to that this year because I was kind of heavy on Devonta Smith coming we into the year. Yeah. Um, and it's just he's just totally alphaed him in in the workload this year. Last year, I think they were both around 25% in a target share. So far this year, it's been 30% A.J. Brown, 20% uh, Devonta Smith. And that like doesn't sound like a lot, but it that's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's massive. Especially over, and I feel like every yeah. week everyone's thinking, oh, this is the week it's going to rebalance yeah. out. Oh, this is the week <laughs> it's going to rebalance out. And then you see the me. highlight. That's me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then A.J. Brown goes for 120 and two touchdowns, and I go, oh, yeah, I'm out of So this just in, this is the week where Devonta Smith finally <laughs> balances out because Mike yeah. has adopted the A.J. Brown t- uh play and now he's gonna get fucked the other direction yeah i agree it's gotta be it's gotta be aj if you're if you're gonna pay up for it what about those mid-tier options is Thielen still a plug and play automatically six thousand six hundred in this full point ppr when he was mid five thousands last few times you've just been playing him blindly uh that's kind of a direction i'm looking again even though the price is increased addison Mm -hmm. with the with the um no Justin Jefferson. He's been emerging. George Pickens has been playing really well. Who do you like some of these mid-tier options? There's also like guys that we thought might be elite options this year. Olave, Wilson, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, hovering around the $6,000 price tag. Yeah, there's quite a bit of options from just the 5000 to six, low 6Ks. Yeah, They're, Drake London, uh, what, Cortland what's Sutton, exci- McLaurin. Yeah. Like these are good players. Say flowers in a good matchup. These are really good players. Five to six thousand. It, it's what makes this week exciting. You know, we get no buys, so and ownership should be fairly flat. I I do like a chalky play of. I think say flowers is going to get owned, and I think for good reason. He's just too cheap for the role that he's had in this offense. He is top ten in the league in deep targets. He leads the. Uh, Ravens in deep targets. He at the beginning of the year he had a lot of close to the line of scrimmage, but his route tree has been expanding more and more every week. Uh, Arizona is not particularly a scary matchup at all. I think they play mostly zone, if I remember reading that correctly. And Zay Flowers has been shredding zone coverage this year so far. Uh, so Zay Flowers in cash games is a lock for me in tournaments his ownership is a little makes me a little iffy on it but you know i don't have a problem going to especially if you want to stack them with lamar and andrews and do kind of like a double stack kind of thing um but there's just you can't there's so many this is going to be the range where tournaments are won on DraftKings this week it's just a matter of very similar point it's just a matter of who, you know, Christian Kirk or Calvin Ridley or like any yeah. of these guys could just smash. And it's just tough to pick who it's going to be. But the best, it's gonna the be best advice is that we don't actually give out direct advice here. And we say if you're playing into a tournament, then choose two or three receivers from this group and try and hit mm-hmm. the right two and try mm-hmm. and build your lineup around 
some saving at quarterback, paying up for some of the running backs we talked about, staying in the middle tier of receivers. And that's how you divide up your money and you could potentially hit really big on this slate. So that's kind of the, the, the basic approach that I would have. And then you could always find some cheap guys in the receivers <laughs> if you just need to throw someone in. So for me, the two names that stick out the most are, what is it, Juwan Jennings in uh, San Francisco without Debo and Demario Douglas in New England. I mean, Demar- <laughs> he's just seemed like he's starting to play so well that they can't keep him off the field. So those are the two that I would be looking at. But is there anyone else who's like a really cheap wide receiver that you would consider? These guys aren't super, super Michael cheap, Gallup. but they're yeah, – yeah, that's interesting. Um, he's He's – been right there with Brandon Cooks as the wide receiver too. I, he's probably underpriced by five hundred or so dollars. Um, Josh Downs to me at forty eight hundred is still too cheap. He's emerged as the number two in this indie offense. You mentioned you think it's going to be a pass heavy environment in that yep. contest. Marshawn Lattimore has been known to erase the wide receiver one, which would in this case be Michael Pittman and downs has had a great connection with Gardner Minshew. Um, We've seen downs get at least five targets in every game, except one this year. So Josh downs to me is pretty interesting at 4,800. Yeah. He's been incredibly consistent. Mm -hmm. Surprisingly. So you don't really want to go into the Colts number two receiver generally, but this year, (laughs) this year it's worked out. I mean, you could go into the Colts number two when it was uh, who played alongside Marvin Harrison. Why am I blanking? Uh, Reggie Wayne. There it is. (laughs) Casual (laughs) Hall of Famer. All right. Let's go over to the tight end position. Travis Kelsey, a.k.a. T. Swift, at the top of the board, 8,400. When we talk about tight ends, there is only one high spend. There's only one elite option that is fair to talk about. It is Travis Kelsey and then a whole bunch of other people. This week, I would say avoid the Kelsey unless you're playing into a wonky tournament lineup, but given the way the total's about to drop, given the way that there might be, you know, eight inches of snow coming to that game, I would generally be a little bit hesitant. They are the Casey and Denver also played in a particularly low scoring game two weeks ago. So divisional mm-hmm. games, divisional opponents, they are more familiar with each other. They generally lead to less scoring. It's hard for me to try and pay up 8,400 for a weather impacted it's a lot of money for a weather impacted divisional road game of Travis Kelsey. So I don't like the spot at all, even though I love the player. I'm looking over the rest of the board, Mike. And for me, the, the, the value is here in just attacking like very cheap options. So I would Mm -hmm. be looking at, I mean, if it's, if it's mid tier, I may be like an Evan Ingram or Dallas Goddard, who's seen his role start to emerge a little bit better. But then besides that, I'm just looking like, do you pick off a Jake Ferguson cheap? Do you pick off a uh, what's his, the guy who's filling in for Ertz? Uh, Trey McBride. Trey Mc- yep. Yeah. Do you do you go with like uh, uh, one of those guys? That's 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 kind of where I was looking. Ferguson or Trey McBride? If I was if I wasn't gonna go with just a pretty safer option. So there's a distinction to make about Trey McBride in cash games. That's my click. And I'm moving on. He's a cheap starter. He's priced like he's still the backup to Zach Ertz. I don't know if they just didn't get the news in time that Zach Ertz was going to IR. Um, so 
but for tournaments, he's an app. He, I'm not even having him in my player pool. Um, I project him f- to be by far the highest owned tight end and low priced chalk tight ends are just a recipe for disaster in, in tournaments. Um, cause obviously the floor is there, right? Going against Baltimore. It's not a super great matchup. I do expect them to be trailing. So you could say there's a positive game script in the passing attack. Dobbs yeah. will probably be under fire and looking for his safety blanket. Um, and it's, so he could be hitting Trey McBride, who, you know, I've been waiting for him to take over that job. I don't know why they continued to roll Ertz out week after week. He looked pretty dusty. Um, and, but we've we've seen Ertz, you know, produce. So I, and I have no reason to believe that he's at this stage of his career still more talented than McBride. Uh, so we could see six to seven targets for McBride. That's what I'm projecting anyway and all we need really from him is four for 40 something like that if he gets in the end zone that's just a bonus um so mcbride in cash games for me not in tournaments tournaments um ferguson i like if you want to try and pick which atlanta tight end goes off um you know that no. that's been <laughs> that's been I, 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 you know it's you know it's even a a similar pick which one of these divisional tight end same division which tight end does well is it Juwan is it Juwan Johnson who comes back this week is it Foster Moreau who dropped the yeah. bunny touchdown or is it Taysom Hill who yeah. started to get a lot of run for the Saints <laughs> that's another sneaky one I was like is the Taysom Hill at four thousand option kind of sneaky it's a little too pricey I mean no one's gonna play him. So right, yeah, it is pricey. I'd rather just go a hundred dollars less and go Dalton Schultz at thirty nine hundred. Yeah, fair enough. So he's been getting consistent work too. So I think that yeah, there's there's definitely some options. Let's go over to defense. Who's your defense on the board? There's actually a lot of strong defense options this week. If you had to pick Mm -hmm. one of them, which team? Falcons twenty nine hundred. I am yeah, fade, fade sal- that Titans quarterback situation. Salivating at it. Not only, you know, obviously we're anticipating some turnovers, but, you you know, those are hard to predict. Um, they should be able to get a few, a few sacks in there, uh, given Tennessee's offensive line not being the best. Uh, and these two are two of the slowest pace teams in the league. So, and I think if the Falcons get a lead, you know, Arthur Smith is not afraid to just run the air at the ball. Um, So there, I'm not seeing a lot of points being scored at Tennessee this week. Uh, So Falcons at 2,900. That over under in that game is 35. (laughs) It's It's the lowest, it's the lowest total I've seen all year. And it's not even a weather spot. Like it's crazy. So to play into the defense opposing that and then, if anyone watched Malik Willis take over near the goal line and then take three so straight bad. sacks on first, they were consecutive first downs because the penalty kept getting called, but he still kept taking a sack in the one spot you couldn't take a sack. There's the, the time was running out and you just needed to stop the clock and he's taking sacks in the dumbest fucking way. Uh, I would love playing against any Tennessee quarterback. I think I'm just going to go a similar spot. There's plenty of good defense options. If you're playing yeah. into a, into a tournament maybe you go elsewhere if you're playing a cash game which is going to be the majority of my lineups you just take the falcons this week mike let me ask you a few 
personal fantasy questions now that I have you here. Um, mm -hmm. Pulling up my team real quick. This 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 Bijan is owned. This Bijan being six thousand dollars is like. I have Algier on my season long fantasy team, and it's like, is Algier going to still get a ton of workload this week? Because I have Derrick Henry, and then my other two running backs were Nick Chubb and Kyron Williams. So uh, I am struggling in the running dang. back department. <laughs> I know my team would have been freaking stacked if I had Jalen Hurts, Derrick Henry, uh, Nick Chubb, and Kyron. I would have been in a great position. Instead, I'm living on a Hurts prayer and hoping Henry takes over the job again. Uh, yeah. But I do have Algier. I have Jalen Warren. I have Justice Hill. I have Jeff Wilson. So I have a collection of like good RB2s in their given spots. I was leaning towards just playing Jalen Warren because he probably has the most secure role in a half PPR. Mm -hmm. Is Algier potentially going to get a lot of work again if Bijan is was is so low priced, or do we think Bijan plays a full complement of snaps? I think it could be a good amount of work for Algier just on the basis that I mentioned earlier. I expect Atlanta to take a lead in this game and Arthur Smith is certainly not going to keep chucking the ball around the yard right. uh, with a lead. And I have no reason to believe that Bijan is ever going to get a massive workload on the ground anyway. Um, Arthur Smith just refuses to play his best players and put them in good spots. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah, I mean, Algiers good. I, especially in half PPR, I think Warren's more valuable in full PPR. Yeah. Um, so I, you I would go Algier over Warren in that half PPR spot. Yeah. I don't think that's crazy at all. Okay. Two more questions for you. Trey McBride, Taysom Hill, or, um, Michael Mayer, straight up for tight end. No price tag associated with it. McBride. McBride. Okay. He's um, going to have the safest workload of those three. Would you trade Derrick Henry and, yes. Kyle, no. and, <laughs> Ky exactly, and Kyler Murray for a, uh -huh. chance, for a chance to upgrade to Tony Pollard? Rest of Absolutely. Season. Absolutely. I If you can get Pollard, I, I think – Big days are ahead for Tony Pollard. I um, was offered Christian Watson for Kyler Murray straight up. And even though I really do like Watson, and I do think he's has a chance to have a really strong second half of the year, I just have McLaurin, Hopkins, Sutton, Thielen in a two-wide receiver league. Like, I have four guys. So it just doesn't fit the needs of my team to add in someone who might just be another confusing player in the mix of who I'm going to start because they're all relatively the same. So I've just been holding out for someone who fits my team a little bit better and keeping Kyler because there's some questionable questionable quarterbacks around the league this year. So I was like, I'd rather have a second quarterback than a fifth receiver right now. So maybe I send my friend a little uh, – the same guy who sent me Christian Watson has Tony Pollard. And I was like, maybe I'd do a little Derrick Henry and Kyler for your Tony Pollard. All right, yeah, I'm going to send that over right shot. now. I'm going to get this posted. Uh, Mike. Last question. If we were going to establish a core four, so what we do here on the Saturday shows, of course, we did a little bit of a deeper breakdown into some of these spots going position by position. But who would be your core four that you would give out for this Sunday week eight slate? Alvin Kamara, Brees Hall, Trey McBride, 
say Flowers. No matter what iteration of quarterback defense combo that I'm going to end up on for cash this week, those four are definitely going to be in there. And probably Tony Pollard if you want a fifth, but though probably Falcons defense if you guys want a sixth. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, McBride, Brees Hall, Alvin Kamara, and Zay Flowers are all locked and loaded. Mine is going to be Kamara. Brees Hall, Trey McBride, Falcons defense. Uh, I'm going to agree Fair. with you on pretty much all of these this week. And I'm just going to leave Zay Flowers off that because simply, I think it's a great cash chalk play and one to play into. But because we talked about that middle tier of receivers being pick your poison, we'll let these motherfuckers who are listening to this podcast. Thank you. We appreciate you. I didn't mean to call you a motherfucker on a Saturday weekend. <laughs> But we'll let you pick your poison in that regard. Mike, thank you for your time. As always, I will get this posted. I will get you tagged. I will get the graphics up soon. And as always, we will be back next week, every week, doing DFS slates. This is going to be the only DFS show since we have uh, football and basketball. So it's only going to be the football DFS show once a week now. We'll have Mike with us every single week to break down the board and then wrap it up with a core four. Thank you for the time, Mike. Appreciate you. Thank you. Peace out, everybody. Good luck this weekend.